Hey, thanks for being here. Have a seat. Wonderful to have you. Always wonderful to gather around the communion table with fellow believers. Um, We began a series last week called Faith Greater Than. And we talked last week that faith is greater than fear. If there's a fear in your life, if there's something that kind of holds you back, that, that, you know, the Bible talks a lot about fear. And we have a theme verse, and the theme verse comes out of Hebrews 11, 6. And the theme verse that we have for this series, that it is impossible to please God without faith. We said last week that faith is the most important thing to God. That, that not your circumstances, not your situation, not your birthright, all those kinds of things, th- those are secondary. The most important thing to God is your faith. Yes, there is a test at the end. All of those kinds of things. Okay? Anyone who wants... Uh, I'm, can back up George's face. Um, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Thank you, George. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And we said last week, the whole idea of reward, you know, don't misrepresent that. The reward is God himself. The reward is a life with Christ. A reward is the eternal blessedness that we have in our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what we're talking about today. But but with the theme verse, we're going to continue talking about faith. And one of the uglies of today is this thing called hate. You know, I don't even know how to illustrate hate this morning because it's just so prevalent in our world all around us. There was a time where, you know, the political climate didn't promote hate. There was a time when the religion, you know, you name it. Hate has become so predominant in our culture you know, what, what do you do with it? And today we're going to talk about hate. We're going to talk about this, this poison, this, this thing that happens, you know, that, that is absolutely destroying our humanity. It is doing something that many of us are uncomfortable with, but not 100% sure of what to do with it. If there's anything that we know for sure is the longer we allow hate to fester in our hearts, the more the darkness prevails the more the darkness becomes um, the ruling thing in your life. And as a believer here this morning, you are a child of the light. You're children of the light. There's just something about allowing hate to fester in your life in such a way that you're allowing the darkness to come in is you know, incongruent with who you are in Christ. And it's a real problem that we're seeing in our culture and in our world today that we have to deal with. And we're going to you know, we're going to talk about this whole idea. And, and of course, today is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Believers are being slaughtered around the world just because they proclaim faith in Jesus Christ. That is unbelievable. If, if, and, and, you know, if, if hatred isn't winning the day, and, and let me tell you, Persecution is worse now than it's ever been. We, you know, we think the Roman you know, persecution and, and, and all of that kind of stuff, it's rising every year. And I would argue, by the way, that the persecutions that's even started in Canada. And you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into that now, but I think there's five signs proving that persecution for believers has already started in Canada. But that's, that's a whole other story. Um, um, so... The hatred towards, you know, Christians is becoming 
self-evident in, in the world around us. And one of the ways that hatred wins is when we dehumanize another person. The minute that we start labeling another person as less than human, that's when persecution starts. Okay? Now, I'm going to take us to a passage out of Second uh, Thessalonians that is really a powerful passage. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. And he says some very interesting things, and we're going to use this as a launch pad to talk about hatred. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. Fascinating, the Apostle Paul uses the church in Thessalonica as a bragging right to other churches, okay? And God will use this persecution to show his justice and to make you worthy of his kingdom for which you are suffering. By the way, um, that's not part of today's sermon, but the fact that we are being persecuted is a guarantee of our, of our kingdom inheritance. And I know that's not an easy thing to take. But there's something about suffering that God uses for the kingdom. All right? So here's the next part of the passage. In his justice, he will pay back those who persecute you. The justice of God is his right, not ours to condemn other people, by the way. And God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. He will come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we get started this morning and, um, and, and talk about some of this some of the dynamics of this passage, there are two contrasts about this particular church that I want you to see. The first contrast is this, is their faith is flourishing and their love is growing. That's a, that's a beautiful picture. And then their endurance. But, but Paul uses beautiful Greek language here about just the thriving in nature of the faith of this church and the love that is growing. But here's the other contrast that we get. They're suffering from hardship and persecution. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like two different churches to me. That doesn't sound like the same church. How can you have this, this, this pressure from outside the world, you know, this suffering and this hardship and this difficulty and, and all of this abuse that is coming your way, and yet Paul can say about this church is their faith is not just growing, it's flourishing, and their love for one another is growing. That is the power of the gospel, by the way. That is the power of faith, that in the midst of the most difficult things, you can flourish and you can grow. That sounds counterintuitive, but the reality is that outside of the pressures of everything else, that's the power of faith. The power of faith is, allows you to have a life that is thriving when everyone else is dying. That's the power of faith. Remember we said last week, you can be so inundated by fear in such a way that you can't feel like you can move forward at all. But faith is what allows you to take the next step and the next step and the next day and the next day and the next day. 
That's the power of faith. Because you could be standing still, almost paralyzed, and yet faith is moving you forward. Because it builds in you a hope that nothing else in this world can. So that's, that's two totally different pictures. Because at first, if you're not careful, you're going to think Paul's talking about two totally different places. But that's not the reality. This is the same, same church. Let me, let me read a passage that Jesus gave to the disciples. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, and because of that, the world hates you. In fact, there's another passage where Jesus says that that people will even kill and believe that they are doing it for God. That's what happens when the darkness takes over. That's what happens when hate becomes prevalent. That's what happens when we allow this to go on. All right? Let me give you three really quick things about hate. Hate is forged in the fires of anger, pain, and injustice. Let me tell you, hate is fostered in those environments. Any, being a pastor for as long as I have, I can tell you that when people hate something, it is because they've, they've got a lot of anger behind it or they've had a lot of pain because of it or it's a whole thing of injustice, okay? Now, this is where I got to clarify something because mo- some of you are probably thinking this. Hate can actually be a good thing. Here's how. You can hate injustice to such a degree that you become motivated to do something about it. You can be angry to the injustice of something and hate it so much that you're not going to want anybody else in their lives to experience what you just experienced. And you're going to do everything in your power to protect anybody else from that harm. Pain. You, you know, uh, how, you know how, how, many, how many of us are, are experiencing pain this morning because someone we care about, someone we love dearly, someone, someone that is, you know, you know, flesh and blood are suffering in a way and you don't want anybody to ever go through that again. And you can hate that pain so much, you can hate that injustice so much and you can get motivated to do something. But let me tell you, there's a really fine line between the hate that will motivate you. You see, we have different words for that kind of motivation, by the way. We don't call it hate. We say it's my passion. Right? You know? Or, or it's, it's, it's my longing, or it's my ministry, it's my calling, or something like that. Or it's my, you know, God, God has pushed me to, you know, that we use different terminology. But in reality, if you think about it, in many ways, it's a form of hate. But it's a positive motivation to do something meaningful. The problem becomes is when that hate kind of festers in your heart and stays there long enough that it becomes a darkness. And not only that, but you hate the people who are perpetrating that now you want to do something hateful to them. So hate has this positive, negative thing. And here's the second thing I want to I just throw out. Your ability to grow is often a byproduct of your hate. 
positively and negatively. I know so many people that, that hate something to such degree that they don't even consider growing beyond that. Hate is often the wall that you come to that you can't get past, that you can't get any further. And you limit your growth because of that hate that's inside of you. Okay? How many people lose out on their spiritual lives because they hate the church? Imagine that. How many people are limited by their relationships because of something that they hate? How many, you know, that's, that's a very common. That's very common. And we don't think about it. We just say, I'm not going there. I hate it. You know, all those kind of things and all the labels that we put on it. But the reality is it's limiting our own ability to grow. It's limiting our own ability to, you know, go into a region that God wants us to go so he can grow us deeper and wider. Not physically, spiritually. (laughs) But ask yourself, ask yourself today, what is it that I detest so much that I'm not allowing God to soften in my own heart and in my own life? Ask yourself. And And if you're true to yourself, you'll realize that that's a limitation in your life. And I'm convinced that God is not about limitations. God is all about unlimited potential working in you through the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm convinced of. Here's the third thing. Hate unchecked promotes the worst of human behavior. You know, hate is one of the easiest things to pass on to another person. Hate is very easy to pass on to another person. If you can get a number of people in your corner hating the same thing you do and you can foster that kind of environment, you'll find very quickly the dark side of the people that you, you know, you're engaging with. And the reality is it's very easy to stoke the fires of the darkness in each and every one of us, Right? Devin will talk next week about evil. You know, we're, we're talking about hate this week, but next week we're going to talk about evil. Isn't it interesting that we barely hear the word evil in our culture anymore, especially with the amount of hate that's happening? I'm scared to death at the fact that we're afraid to use the terminology of evil in our culture today. When so much of it, when so much of it is happening. But it's fostered by this hate that happens in the darkness. And hate unchecked does very bad things, not only to the person, not only to you individually, but to the people around you. And you'll find very quickly that if you hate in the right context, it's going to be explosive. Explosive. All right, here's the two antidotes for hate. Here's, here's the only two dan- antidotes for hate. If anything's going to broke, break through people's hearts, it's the Holy Spirit. Honestly. There are, times, there are times that you are really powerless to do anything as a human being. And really, it's, it's praying that the Spirit of God touches people's lives. You know, we talked about the two, the two uh, street preachers, right? We can, you know what? You cannot argue with them theologically. Because they're so dark in their minds about what, the, you know, you, you, can, you can get one, one issue and you can, you can become all about that one issue and forget everything else about the gospel. And that's, and that's the problem. 
And that's the problem. We're not going to do anything other than be praying for them that the Spirit of God would open up their hearts and their minds. Because no arguing face-to-face is going to do any of that. Okay? They don't, you know, frankly, they don't even remotely land on a single page of the Bible, let alone anything else. Okay? The Spirit of God. Secondly is this. Authentic faith. Authentic faith expressed in truth and love. Authentic faith expressed in truth and love. And why do I say this? Do you think hate promotes love? Or is it the other way around? Love promotes love. Okay? Being hateful to somebody else isn't going to change their heart, isn't going to change their mind, isn't going to bring them to faith, isn't going to make the difference that we're looking for. All right? Okay. Let me close. Let, let me close. Okay? I have, I have a part of a speech that I want to read, very short section of it, by Sir Wilfrid Laurier. And as you know, next Sunday is um, Memor- Remembrance Day. The First World War went from 1914 to 1918, okay? On October 11th, 1916, in London, Ontario, Canada, Sir Wilfrid Laurier made a speech here. Halfway through the First World War, encouraging Canadians to be mindful of what was happening around the world. I want to just read to you the last two paragraphs of his speech, okay? He says this, I shall remind you that already many problems rise before you. Problems of race division, problems of creed division, problems of economic conflict, problems of national duty and national aspiration. Let me tell you that for the solution of these problems, you have a safe guide, an unfailing light if you remember that faith is better than doubt and love is better than hate. Banish doubt and hate from your life. Remember, this is in the midst of World War I. Banish doubt and hate from your life. Let your souls be ever open to the strong promptings of faith and the gentle influence of brotherly love. Be adamant against the haughty. Be gentle and kind to the weak. Let your aim and your purpose in good report or in ill in victory or in defeat, be so as to live, so to strive, so to serve as to do your part to raise the standard of life to higher and better spheres. Remember, faith is better than doubt and love is better than hate. Amen? Oh, to hear that again, eh? Let's pray. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we've only spent a short time on this particular topic, but 
Lord, we're struggling so much with the degree of hate that is all around us. There are Christians today, right now, that are huddled somewhere, hiding from other religious groups, authorities, fearing for their lives because of their faith in Jesus. They could potentially lose their lives. Lord, whether it's outside the church or inside the church, hate is a dangerous thing, especially when it's not filtered, it's not thoughtful, it doesn't motivate to greater purposes. Hate has a darkness that can take the very best believer and turn them into a dangerous individual. Lord, we know that faith is greater than hate. And I pray this morning that as we've gathered together around the communion table of Christ, that peace, the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that we get from faith in Christ will rule in our hearts supreme. And we will be a church that demonstrates the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ that accepts people and points them to the Savior as their only hope in life. So we thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.